From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Lee Child is the author of 19 Jack Reacher thrillers, including nine New York Times number one bestsellers, and he has over 100 million copies sold worldwide. All titles have been optioned for major motion pictures, and the first of which, Jack Reacher, was released in December of 2012. A native of England and a former television director, Lee Child lives in New York City, where he is working on his next thriller. Visit his website at leechild.com. Welcome to Craft, Lee Child. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. So you've got your uh, 19th Lee Child uh, novel out. What was your elevator pitch for this latest Jack Reacher thriller, Personal? That's a great question. Uh, You know, technically speaking, I don't do elevator pitches because they're already pre-contracted. But uh, what would I have said? I would have said there has been an attempt on the life of the French president from a rifle shot from an extraordinary distance. There's only about four guys in the world that could have made that shot and reach a new one of them back in the day. So the theory is he caught him once. Can he catch him again? Okay. Now, this is set in London and Paris, which is different for a Jack Reacher thriller because he's usually in the U.S. Tell me about writing about uh, Europe and and Britain instead of the U.S., which is maybe something of a return for you since you're from Britain. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the fundamental proposition every year is that the book needs to be the same but different. Uh, You know, obviously, it's a Jack Reacher book. We can figure that there will be a big problem and that Reacher will probably solve it. So in some extent, to some extent, the book is the same, but then the whole rest of it, the plot, the location, the action, the, the story can be completely different. And I just thought, well, you know what, this year, let's let the old guy have a bit of glamour in his life. So he goes to Paris and he goes to London. And you're right, you know, I know London, but the challenge for me as a writer is is I'm a native, but I've got to pretend that I'm a foreign visitor looking at London with, with a foreigner's eyes. And that, that's, that was a fun technical challenge because, as a matter of fact, I've been away long enough now that when I go back, it is strange to me. And so I, it was a question of concentrating on what would Jack Reacher notice, what sort of things would intrigue him, what would he spot? Uh, stuff that maybe to an inhabitant of London is just so ordinary that they don't see it. What would the outsider see? And that that was a fun challenge to do, and I, and I really enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. For example, he's, he might be on a double-decker bus instead of a Greyhound, because I don't think they yeah, have Greyhounds. Yeah, all that stuff. And right. <laughs> he's in the subway, which is called the Tube, and he's... Uh, and there are little things happening in Britain now. You know, the... Uh, for instance... If you go to the store and buy something, you also have to buy the bag that the thing goes in. It's an environmental thing to to prevent uh, waste and profusion of plastic bags all over the place. And um, you know that that was odd to him, as it is to me. The idea that yeah, you obviously you got to buy the stuff, but you have to pay for the bag too. That's weird. Jack Reacher is sometimes in third person, the the books, and sometimes in first person. I'm curious uh, when you're out and about, how many times you start thinking like Jack Reacher and you start analyzing a situation in which you say, okay, I see this happening here and this happening here. Here's my prediction for what will happen. Here's what Jack Reacher might do, WWJRD, something like that. Yeah, well, actually more or less all the time. I mean, I am... Um, <laughs> 
very uh, observant, and I love to just sit quietly and watch things and uh, eavesdrop on things, and you see a person and you can make guesses about, uh, you know, what are they doing, what is their mental state, uh, they look upset, why is that, and so on. And you can, um, you can pretty much uh, learn a lot just by observing quietly, and I think it's common to a lot of writers, that's what we, that's what we like to do. Um, and, you know, for instance, absolutely, right now, you know, I'm talking about myself, but I'd much rather be talking about you. You know, I'd like to hear about your life, your secrets, your tricks of the trade, all the things that, that you get up to. The writer's appetite is much more about other people than themselves. I'm afraid I would disappoint you in that uh, I'm not nearly as interesting as your characters. <laughs> in personal, you go into detail about guns and ballistics because one of the characters is a sniper. I'm sure this is uh, on the basis of a lot of research. What's your test for how much is enough detail and how much is too much detail? How do you know where the line is? I just judge it instinctively. I think that, um, you know, that this is an international situation that involves um, danger and therefore the professionals involved are going to understand that at a, at a fairly granular level of detail because mm -hmm. that's critical. So you would want to put that in in a way that felt natural but also supplies a little bit of the background for the reader. But you certainly wouldn't want to go past the point where you sense that it is just extraneous. And that is really the hard thing with research, I think. You, it's got to be like an iceberg. You've got to know it thoroughly, and then you've got to discard 90% of it and just use the 10% the that is important. And uh, that tends to be an instinctive judgment, and some writers get it dead on, and some writers, I think, don't. Uh, I think we've all read books that are over-heavy on detail, uh, simply because the writer hasn't stood back far enough to figure out what are the germane points here. And the rest of it is really interesting, absolutely, but even so, you can't put it all in. Okay, now you started writing The Jack Reachers in 1997, I think was the publication date for the first one. When you're talking about research, has that changed a lot for you in the time since you started doing that? Is there much more, it's is easier now to go online and find out things, or do you, do you rely on the sort of research that you might have done before? And part of that is because, uh, you know, there's a famous quotation about Jack Reacher being an analog man in a digital world. And I'm curious if that's something you really identify with. I do identify with it. And research has changed a lot um, in that it's gone from being totally paper-based to a lot of it is online. Plus, of course, I know more people now. In, uh, it's a circular thing. You write these books and, and military types and, and weapons people are drawn to them. And so you meet them and you, you, your knowledge snowballs as you go along. But fundamentally, I'm a paper-based person. Um, I... If I need to find out something, I will always, first of all, reach for an atlas or a reference book rather than go online. I, I, I have to kind of remind myself, yeah, you can do this online and it might be easier and quicker. With so many Jack Reacher books and short stories written, how do you keep the character fresh for yourself as you're writing? Well, I think the big uh, feature in my favor there is that Reacher does not have a job and he does not have a location. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's not like a regular series where he's a police detective in Los Angeles or a private eye in Chicago or whatever. He can be anywhere and do anything. Um, that it gives me a tactical problem at the beginning of the book. How do you get him involved? Because he really has no legitimate reason to be involved with anything. 
But once I get over that hurdle, then I'm completely free. He could be anywhere, as we see in this book, anywhere in the world, doing anything. Mm -hmm. Have a kind of high level involving, uh, you know, FBI and CIA, or he could be at a very low level where he's involved with nobody of any importance. So on both axes of the graph, he can be placed anywhere, which does keep it fresh for me. It basically means every new book is not a perversion of the previous book. It's a brand new proposition. So is there a way you choose locations for Jack Reacher novels? I mean, you've been, like we said, throughout the U.S. and now London and Paris. Is there a way that you think, I'd like to explore or learn more about, say, Louisiana, uh, I think was was one of the books. I'm, I'm forgetting uh, exactly. I've read several of them. But what makes a location make you think, oh, this would be interesting to set him in the, uh, the Plain States or something like that? Well, I have a kind of internal database of places that I've seen and impressions that I've formed, and then the book idea will start to bubble up, and the, the idea itself will kind of demand a feel, or, you know, it could be a color, a temperature, a, a kind of physical environment, and then from the database, one of those locations will rise up, and it'll be a question of saying, yeah, you know what, the feel of this book would really suit this particular place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it could be hot and steamy and uh, uh, enervating, or it could be, you know, the coast of Maine in April, brisk and cold and gray. But the somehow the story suggests a location, and then the location meets it. What is the derivation or the creation of the name Jack Reacher? Well, I'm really bad at coming up with names. Character names are my uh, thing I struggle with most, and that one was lucky because I didn't have a name for him, but I was shopping with my wife in a supermarket, and uh, every time I go in a supermarket, there's always a little old lady who asks me to reach something down for her because I'm a tall guy. And uh, my wife said, you know what, if the writing doesn't work out, you could be a reacher in a supermarket. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's a really good name. <laughs> that's a great story. What's next in Hollywood for Jack Reacher? I understand there's a sequel to the Jack Reacher movie in the works. Yeah, in the works. It's in development, and I think it's just about all set and ready to go to start shooting next uh, spring, possibly April. And... Um, with Tom Cruise again, and it'll be based on last year's book, I think, Never Go Back. So at the moment, those plans are totally firm. Now, of course, Hollywood is uh, capable of changing its mind, and things are capable of falling apart at any moment. So we won't know for sure until the cameras start rolling. But at the moment, it looks pretty good. You're writing two books a year now. You're committed to two, and uh, which is different from uh, you were doing one book a year. How has this changed your process? Do you feel more pressure on it? Do you feel uh, more time sensitive? Well, technically, it's two books a year, but one of them is, is really very short. You know, it's a sort of basically short story or novella that gets published in the summer ahead of the new hardcover in the fall. And so workload-wise, it's not like doubled. You know, it's, it's sort of increased by 10 or 15 percent. And um, now it's fine. You know, I used to uh, work in live television where... We were just constantly busy all the time, and a deadline would be a few seconds. You know, a deadline of five minutes would have been a luxury. And so the gentler pace of, of the annual output, um, one novel plus one short story, is, uh, you know, it doesn't really have any kind of pressure or, or effect on me. It's just really a very pleasant year, to be honest, um, over the winter write the uh, write the main book and then maybe sort of June write the short story and then uh, you know that's uh, 
gives me plenty of time and space to, to get it right. Lee Child, you're known for thrillers, mysteries with Jack Reacher. Is there another genre that you've thought about writing in uh, that you haven't yet done? Maybe something in the future that you'd like to try? Well, I think all writers have got like 99 ideas that they kind of like to do, and I'm certainly no different than that. And whether or not I will, I don't know, because uh, I think entertainment is, is a two-way street. You know, you've got to pay attention to what it is people want from you. And um, at the moment, people want to reach the books. I don't think there's much appetite for anything else. So probably they won't get done. But in a sort of daydreamy way, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stories I would like to tell. What do you read for inspiration or escape or for something different? Well, I just have a principle of reading everything. Um, you know, do not stick too closely to one genre. Don't get down a, um, a rabbit hole with what you're reading. Just literally read at random. And that's one of my annual rituals. If I go on vacation, I will, I will try and forget that I'm in the business and that I know stuff and I just put myself in the position of an absolutely ordinary reader and I go to the store, maybe the supermarket or the drugstore, wherever they have uh, books, and I just pick them out based on do they look good, do they feel good, are they likely to be exciting. And I, So I read at random because I think that that way you're constantly exposed to as much as you can be rather than specializing in one particular thing. Lee Child, thank you very much for talking to me today on Craft. Again, the book is the 19th Jack Reacher novel. It's called Personal, and it's available now. Have a great day, Lee Child. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.